This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast with Andrew Jobling, author, speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and AFL player. Join Andrew as he continues his lifelong journey as a student of human behavior. This podcast will help you live your passion, explore your potential, step into your power, and embrace your possibilities. Embrace your possibilities. possibilities. Hello, this is Andrew Jobling, and welcome to the Wellness Puzzle Podcast for another wonderfully exciting episode. I have had the incredible pleasure of coming across a man named Derek Kirk. And Derek Kirk lives in Detroit, Michigan, in the USA. And this man has got an incredible story from being orphaned at a young age, homeless in his teens, adopted. Then he went on through all of those disadvantages as you would think they are to become a businessman and entrepreneur and now he's doing incredible stuff to help people that are struggling financially he now invests in real estate to help people that struggle to find homes he now has a foundation that helps teens and youth that don't have the money to keep them off the streets and he helps them in that way incredibly now has a wonderful podcast and blog and his message is incredibly incredibly powerful and his message is that it's not over that no matter what circumstances we're in at the moment if we work and we're consistent there's always sunshine on the other side of the storm and so this is a wonderful conversation. Derek Kirk is an incredible inspiration. You'll be amazed by the peace and calmness with which he talks, despite what he's been through in his life. But I tell you what, you're going to love it. So please enjoy my conversation with Derek Kirk. I'm sitting here in Melbourne, Australia, and I'm sitting with Derek Kirk all the way from Detroit in Michigan in the USA. And it's amazing how from all around the world, you get to meet incredible people. So Derek, wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I was just saying before we started recording that it's a pretty relaxed conversational sort of show that I like to have and that fits your profile nicely. You, you just seem to be incredibly relaxed, in control and at peace. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is me every day, all day. Uh, I'm just a pretty even keel kind of person. So, uh, yeah, this fits. I, I, I'll slide right in and fit like a glove. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, mate. And because, I mean, while well, you've had a, a fair background and certainly adopted and homeless and, and some of the things you've had to go through to get you where you are today, to be in that place of peace, and you just seem like you're happy within yourself, you're happy with what you're doing. It seems like you've got life pretty much sorted. Is that a fair statement? I'm I'm comfortable with the twists and turns that life uh, will give me, um, so it, it, it I'm not much has have it figured out, but whatever comes, I, I kind of probably will, 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 shrug, will shrug it off in a way. So I'm uh, nothing pretty much shocks me if something does take a turn for the left or right. It is what it is. Uh, I handle it. I'll handle it. Whatever it is with with ease. It's uh, I've been through a lot, so with whatever's to come in the future. It's, it's probably nothing compared to, to what I've been through. So uh, in a way, I guess so. Well, you know, <laughs> don't you? And what you've basically said is yeah. you know, I mean, life's already thrown some pretty tough stuff at you and you've handled it, you've got through mm-hmm. it, you've overcome it, and you've turned it into something incredibly positive. So you, there's that confidence knowing that no matter what comes your way, you'll be able to deal with, right? That, that's exactly what it is. Um, and I'm sure people can relate who's lived a hard life um, moving forward. You handle everything 
pretty easily without breaking much of a sweat. Uh, and life is pretty hard, but if you've been through hell, it's you're going to be okay moving forward uh, as time go on. Yeah, and we will talk more about some of that if that's okay mm-hmm. with you. I'd like to get into some of that story where you know, as a child, and what you had to go through, and how you've evolved into the person you are today. But mm-hmm. we'll keep people hanging on a little bit because I want to know because you're doing amazing stuff now, Derek. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now to make a difference, to, you know, share your message to, you know, with what you've learned through your life's journey. What are some of the things you're up to now? Now I uh, I invest in low-income housing, uh, so real estate, uh, so I can help single mothers or anyone who needs a home that are that have difficulties getting homes and housing in regular situations. They can find homes in, in low-income housing. The state and the government will provide you housing. Uh, and my house would be one of the ones they would provide shelter. Uh, and I also have a foundation where I give um, homeless teens, um, I help them with school supplies or if they're of age and they have their driver's permit, I help them buy their first car. I may buy them some uh, necessities like toilet paper, toothbrushes, anything that pretty much affected me in my younger days, I want to have some sort of hand in, in, in supporting them on their journey. If they're in college and they're struggling with getting, you know, school supplies and or paying their rent in some areas because they, you know, uh, they're really focused on school, um, I'll step in and help when needed if I can. Um, um, and so I also partner with um, companies in real estate and help them grow their brands and their companies and their real estate assets as well. So that's currently what I'm doing now. And you've got a podcast as well. And I have a podcast uh, that's keeping me pretty busy as well. They do, don't they? Podcasts, for some reason, I love doing them. I absolutely love and And to be able to have these conversations with someone like yourself and share the message that you're sharing and and about to share with the people within my network and know that we can have a positive impact, I I love it. But it does take time, doesn't it? Like putting together a podcast and the editing and putting it together and... And that's what the listener don't hear is they hear a clean episode. They hear, you know, a flawless episode. You know, they play it and they're, they disregard it. They got the information they need. It takes a lot of work every episode to get, get it up there. So uh, you out there listening, uh, it's, it took some time getting this together. Well, <laughs> to do you know what it, it took? Actually, Derek, it's taken a lifetime of lessons of learning of getting knocked down yes. and getting back up to have get to the point where you've got something you feel like you want to share. Yes. Yes, and so the, the, this content that you're getting to help you navigate your life is is now put together to present to you to help you. So it's uh, um, so the people that are listening uh, definitely value what you're hearing. So you came through obviously your background, and you've really become quite a successful entrepreneur. You've had successful businesses. You're now investing in real estate. How did that all evolve? Tell us about the evolution of Derek Kirk homeless to Derek Kirk, entrepreneur, successful businessman, obviously philanthropist as well. Mm-hmm. What inspired you to want to get into business and, and to really become an entrepreneur? Coming from a not favorable background it's and, and, and trampolining myself to where, where I am now is, is not an easy task. It's, it's about the individual. You know yourself. Um, you know what you're capable of. If you, if you don't, uh, if, if you're being doubted to to not believe in yourself, you know you. Um, and I didn't have anywhere else to go but up. I could have stayed where I, where I was, but I, I wanted I wanted more for myself. 
And so being growing up in an orphanage, uh, I was removed um, at a very young age. Uh, around six years old, I was removed and placed in an orphanage. I was spent about 10 years there. And so um, going from there to uh, being homeless and to where I am now, it took a lot of trial and error. I needed, uh, I, I ended up doing decent in high school and getting into one college only accepted me. That's Western Michigan University. So I applied to several, but only one allowed me to, to come. And then uh, my grades weren't, weren't that great. But once I got in, I needed tutors for everything. I needed tutors for stuff that I should have learned in high school. But since my high school wasn't that great, um, I needed tutors for So I took a lot of hard work, uh, but I was relentless, consistent and relentless. And I didn't like being defeated. And the last thing I wanted was for me to beat myself. And especially I, I'm in full control. It's easy to give up, but uh, I want to see what it's like if I give my all. If I defeat myself after I, I gave my all, if I lose after giving my all, I can live with that. But what I couldn't live with was just failing without trying. And so just doing that trampoline me into a, uh, into a life and into a direction that, I, that I'm happy with, just trying hard. Doing, going, turning over every rock. If it wasn't for the tutors, I, I wouldn't have graduated college. Then I started making connections and making friends, valuing those friendships uh, for what they were. They were friendships. And then from those friendships came opportunities. I excelled in those opportunities, met more friends. Opportunities came from those friends. And so it, I, you can't get anywhere by yourself and you don't get anywhere by using people. Uh, friendships and creating bonds with others uh, get you way farther than you could ever imagine. So from me being a homeless teen to where I am today, a lot of hard work and relationships got me here. Uh, so if you're, if you're listening, uh, definitely keep that in mind. Very, very powerful stuff, mate. And so true, so true. And I know I listened to on your website, you've got a, a short video about you talk about your first day and we'll we'll get into that first day but I know that there was a particular instance where you someone put their hand out to give you a hand up and that was really a, a trigger point or a turning point in your life wasn't it to know that you know there are people there that will that can help you and you're not alone and sometimes in life we can feel alone but to know that there's someone there that can help you that can just give you a hand up and really be there yeah. is a wonderful feeling it so is. I look forward to getting more into that shortly but so what was your first business Derek? When you got into business for yourself? I opened a store in California. Um, it was a holistic shop. We sold crystals and jewelry. We sold uh, tarot reading cards. California is such a unique place where you can kind of pretty much launch anything and almost be successful to a degree. And I had a business partner who was really dominant in that area. And uh, he wanted to open one and that side, I really wasn't educated on that in that realm of business, but uh, I knew he knew his stuff. And so I knew what I was capable of. I knew what he was capable of. And so um, I was pretty much time now put uh, what I know to work. And um, I believed in him. So we, we, we went in, we did the business. I let him run the side I knew he could do. And I ran the side I knew I could do. I handled we, we, we opened the store, we ch chose a location, 
the books managed, all these things, the purchasing, all that stuff was handled by me. But as far as operations go, I, I left that to him. We didn't cross over into each other's ways. And the business ultimately became successful because of that. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I definitely and you, you have to know these things, uh, what you're what you're capable of, what you do not know and what you do know. You have to identify that and that'll help you get way farther than you um, you, you will ever know. And again, there's the message about finding the right person to partner with and that can complement the skills that you don't have and you can complement the skills he doesn't have and together you've created something incredibly successful. So that's pretty awesome. We've already touched on some pretty powerful stuff in this first opening introductory section of this podcast, but what I'm really looking forward to is to find out really the essence of Derek Kirk and what has turned you into this person that you have become and mate, you've become you know, a wonderful, inspiring person with heart to help other people and generous. And I look at you today and you, you're so composed and you're so relaxed and you're so peaceful, but I know it wasn't always like that. So when we come back after this short break, we can find out more about Derek's early life. Everyone has a book inside us waiting to be written and Adri Jobling can unleash the hidden author in you. Have you ever wanted to become a successful author and impact many lives? Andrew will support, guide and mentor you through the entire process and help you leave your legacy for the world. Contact Andrew for a free 30-minute chat about the influence you want and can have. Go to andrewjobling.com.au to find the author in you. So, Derek, it's hard for me to, to relate or understand what you went through as a child. I mean, I was born into a, a loving family. My parents supported me and encouraged me and were there for me for my whole life and still are to this very day. So it's pretty hard to even begin to conceptualize what it must be like to not have parents, to be orphaned, to be homeless. So if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about, I guess, as far back as you can remember, being orphaned and... Tell us a bit about those early years. Yes, um, I was six years old uh, when I was removed from my, my mother's care and placed in an orphanage. And the uh, it was definitely uh, something I've never seen before. We all know the word orphanage, but we really don't have an idea what that place looks like. When we think of it, we probably think of nuns, you know, <laughs> or something from a movie, I'm sure of it. But this place was uh, similar and nuns were there, but it was actually pretty friendly. It was tons of kids everywhere. It had to be hundreds of kids that lived in this massive facility that was the size of a university campus. And um, they had dorms facilities and everywhere you turn these massive buildings and, and inside each dorm house, a certain number of, of kids um, from six years old, like myself, all the way until you're 17 uh, years old. And so uh, they took me from my mother uh, for neglect reasons. Uh, And so when they took me to this orphanage, uh, we pull into this orphanage and we're driving down this long driveway and uh, we have to go very slow because there's kids like running uh, in front of the car everywhere you're going. I'm pretty sad on the drive there, but once I got inside this place, it was like, it was a whole new world behind these massive gates. 
uh, I never knew a, a world could exist in, in such a little area. They they had everything a kid would want, as uh, far as toys, uh, playground, basketball, football, frisbee. Uh, you had tons of friends you could possibly make. They had schools that was actually on campus as well, and so I immediately was curious. Like, well, um, okay, it may not be so bad here. Uh, so that, that, that definitely came over me pretty quickly. And um, if you're a new kid in there, everyone knows who you are in the dorm facility where you're going to be staying. So as I pull up to where I'm going to be staying, everyone's all welcoming me by my name. And so that was very refreshing to have all these kids run up on me and say, hi, Derek, nice to meet you. I was, that was impressive uh, that they prepped the kids on someone that was incoming. And then you have kids that latch on to you immediately they just say, hey, come with me, let's go hang out. And you immediately just start making friends from the day one, the first day that you're there. And so that that experience of me, my first day in, in an orphanage was incredible for someone in my situation. They really built a community that kind of uh, gave you a childhood when you, because the kids that were there, none of them had a childhood outside of that place. Uh, that was taken from us. But once you got in there, they, they, the orphanage really worked hard in, at giving that back to the, to the kids. And I tip my hat to them for that, it, that they really had put emphasis on that, on community and friendships and relationships. So they made us do exercises every day that build on those bonds. And, um, and I spent 10 years in that place. And every time a kid came in we welcomed them, I ended up being uh, big brothers to a lot of the kids that was there over the years. I um, I went through so many of the dorms growing up there. You and I end up being one of the oldest kids to ever you know be in that place. Unfortunately, orphanages are places where parents, people are looking to have a kid that can't have one themselves. They go to this place to adopt kids. So you do see uh, families coming in, you know, shopping you in a way. And so um, those were those, those days were very hard for me to watch uh, and look around to see uh, friends that are being shopped and no one shopping you and no one shopping you year over year over year. Um, my earlier days, I was consistently being shopped, but the kids in the, in the orphanage find ways to not be attractive. We'll misbehave on purpose when we're seven and eight years old just so the parents can be like, oh, no, that kid has a problem, you know, and they can leave us be because we didn't want to go. We didn't want to be adopted. Uh, but as you get 9, 10, 11 and 12 years old, uh, you kind of do. Uh, that's when it becomes important to you. You kind of want that family. You kind of want to be a normal kid outside of that place. But by then it's it's kind of too late. No one wants, you know, an almost six foot kid, you know, <laughs> anymore. Not cute you know? anymore. You're not cute anymore. Those days are gone. And so, but you don't know that as a kid. So you're seeing some of your friends get adopted. Um, and so you're, I'm, I'm in that place for 10 years and you start the, the staff that work there end up becoming your family after so long, even after they leave, they keep in touch with you because they spent five years of their life taking care of you, or they spent eight years of their life taking care of you. That's, that's a bond that you build with these people that last a, a lifetime. And uh, same with the kids that, that are there. Some of those kids you spent 
eight, nine years with, some of them 10 years with, uh, looking after them and they looking after you, you're, you're going to school with them every day. And so that's tough. Um, eventually they let us, after you've proven yourself education-wise, they send you off campus to school so you can kind of get into what regular school is like. And so now you're with kids that don't know that you live in an orphanage. So that becomes a challenge in itself, trying to keep that a secret when you make friends with kids at other schools and they want to know, they want to come over to your house for a sleepover. That gets tough. Or you want to go over to their house for a sleepover. I can't just ask a parent or an adult to come over to your house. I have to get, you know, city approval to come over to your house. Like your parents have to go through a background check in order for me to come over to your house. So it's, it's really, so you don't even put anyone through that. You just tell people you have a crazy you know, home and, and, you know, you just keep telling them that over and over and over every year. And, you know, and that'd be the case, but uh, those friendships last some friends, you can let them in on the secret that you're really close with the majority of people, you never tell uh, your situation. And then later on in life, uh, when I'm more open about how I grew up and then you tell people and they just be so shocked because they say, you, wow, you seem like I could never tell. We hung out every day and, and like, wow, you lived at an orphanage. It's like, yeah, because, you know, it's really it's really hard to tell people that because once people find out you live in an orphanage, everyone treats you different. No matter what they will tell you, you get treated different instantly. It's not nothing bad. It's just that you're human. You have emotions. You're going to feel bad because you live such a normal life. You're like, oh, my God, you know, like it, it changes an emotion. And that's one thing I did not like. I didn't want anyone treating me different. And so I kept it a secret. I kept it a secret for years from people because I just wanted to be normal, normal. And I never told my teachers because I saw what happens when my teachers knew that I grew up in an orphanage. They would let me skip out on classwork. They would tell them they would let the entire class do the entire assignment. And then they would isolate me and say, you don't have to do it. Now you're cheating me out of an education, which later on I had to pay for that. In college, you see, it's it, it wasn't. I learned a lesson. It never like benefited me by telling people my story. Like it always, when I kept it a secret, it's how I grew stronger, because I was forced to be a regular kid. You know, people, I was forced to try harder. I was forced to work harder, just like everyone else. And I never let the uh, people give me an advantage because of my situation, but. The, the life that I lived in that 10 years in that orphanage day in and day out was a, was a struggle watching people get adopted, um, trying to communicate with my own family, trying to reconnect with my own family as I get older. And I, as once you get 16, you kind of know how this story is going to end with the orphanage. Once you're 18, they're done with you. Um, they no longer can do anything with you legally. They have to kind of, set you up on the outside and kind of walk away. And that was, that was exactly how it happened. They were, I, you turn 18, they say, by law, you're done here. And here's some money. And we, you know, we got you an apartment. <laughs> and, there you, and there you go. And uh, I don't even have a job because I can't have a job living here. So you guys got me a place, but I don't have a job. Can't so I buy can't for keep <laughs> So you, they're done with you. Now it's like, okay, at least I have college um, on the way. So I guess I can live in this apartment the best way I can, go off to college. So now you immediately become an adult. It's come rushing at you. 
So from 17 to 18, they're really trying to work hard to brief you for what's coming because they only have a year to do it. And luckily, I took it very seriously. So 17, I started preparing for college um, and I only got into one. And sat, and so I, I knew I was going to need tutors. So they helped me uh, book tutors early as well. And then when I got into the apartment, I transitioned into college uh, seamlessly and on, onto campus. And so I really hit the ground running. I had to be an adult very, very uh, early in life as well. And so I, I didn't I, I, lay, I made a ton of mistakes because I was just dropped into the world. Uh, with, with really no guidance. Uh, but because of those mistakes, um, I was able to grow up a lot smarter uh, and not make these same mistakes, take a lot of stuff seriously, look at things more detailed, um, take a lot of advice, read a lot, you know, pay attention a lot. So it gives you some, it's forced you to have skills that <laughs> that you normally wouldn't have. So Well, it does force you, but you've got to be open to that and you've got to have that attitude to want to do the best you can and want to be successful and want to overcome your situation and circumstances. So I don't want you to diminish what you've achieved because I think you would have seen it. I mean, there would have been a lot of yeah. orphan kids that get placed or get dropped into the world and don't go on to do, achieve what you've achieved, right? They would That's go very a true. very, very different path, maybe into addiction, into drugs, into crime, into all sorts of stuff, yet you because of your mindset and your attitude. So don't ever diminish that. I just want to make that point because what you've achieved is incredible, mate, and you deserve credit, okay, absolute credit. So I just want to say well done. Definitely, definitely, and I, I do uh, let people know that if, if they're listening and they are a situation, you know you. Uh, you know what you're capable of. I always start there. You you know what you're capable of. So you definitely, it, it isn't taught. Um, that's one thing you learn very quickly is that uh, the, the toughness that you develop in, in these situations, they can't teach that at, at any school. Uh, a school can add on to your intelligence, intelligence but they, they can't teach that will. They, they, that is something that's priceless. They, they can't teach that relentlessness. They can't teach so many skills that you're just born with. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what separates. So, so in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you've got a lot to be grateful for with your upbringing. Because yeah. if you were born oh, yeah. into a happy, healthy family and everyone was huh. beautiful and they looked after you and you wouldn't have necessarily created those same skills of resilience, of strength, of commitment, of, of action, of overcoming, you know, so, and I think that, and that's an important point for people listening as well, that they're going through, some people are going through some struggles right now, whether it's the coronavirus or loss of job or loss of income or financial relationship issues or whatever and they're going this is terrible but actually no it's not terrible something great will come of it if you have that mm-hmm. openness and attitude towards that so derek when did the homelessness happen was that that sounded like after you were dropped into the world mm-hmm. yes that's pretty much right after i was dropped into the world i had the apartment and i lost the apartment right before i was transitioning into college uh, and so those were the mistakes that you make. Uh, you don't know how to manage money. That part wasn't taught. Um, so you just drop in a world and say, here's some money. Here's your apartment. Good luck. And so it's it's one of those situations to where, okay, what do I do with the money? When is rent due? What is, what is rent? Where does the money go when you pay rent? How do you pay utilities? How do you, it's so much you don't know and so many questions that you have, you ask, but by the time you learn everything. You, I've, I've already learned a lesson. 
I'm I'm already on the chopping block for evictions. I'm going to look for a job now and you're hunting down a job. You're going to work every day. It's so many, so many structured systems that I wasn't aware of just yet. And so life was just really coming at me fast and really beating me uh, so fast. And I was just trying to hold on until I went to college and I ended up uh, getting evicted pretty quickly. And at that point, I just had to live on the streets and and just kind of hold on in, until I was able to transition into school. And so at that point, yeah, I have to sleep in a motel and things. And so now I don't have a home. The motel becomes your home. And so with the money now, the little money I do have, I have to get a motel here and there. I got to keep getting, getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper motels. And the cheaper the motel, it's probably in a bad area and unsafe. And so I, I didn't have a home. I can't go to any parents. It's just me out there in the world trying to fend for myself, eating the worst foods that you could find. And um, that's me every day until you go off to school where you have a meal plan. But no one knew that I was coming from being homeless when you got to school. They're thinking like, you got a family back home. Nope. So, you know, in school, in the beginning, I just stayed in my room getting sleep. Catching <laughs> up. Yeah, catching up with getting rest, eating good food, just just really just trying to build my self back up, my confidence. It was definitely, definitely a, a, a shocker at how life can come at you so fast. And I couldn't go back to the shelter for guidance. You know, I, it, I had nowhere to, nowhere to go. Uh, but yeah, that transition between college and leaving the orphanage, uh, homeless struck. Well, you got through it. And there's always a way, isn't there? You'll always find a way to get through. And you mentioned, even mm-hmm. before we started recording, you know, you'll always find a way out the other end. If you just take it one day at a time, there's always a way through. And you obviously got your way through into college. And then, so at college, you had accommodation and you had food. That was all part and parcel of your educational process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's a yeah. good thing. Before we have a quick break, Derek, tell me about the current relationship with your family. I mean, so you were taken away from your mum because of neglect. Mm-hmm. Do you have a relationship now with, with your mother and your family or is that? Yeah, I have a really good relationship with my mother and uh, my family. Once you get older, you understand a lot more. When you're young, you just only see you being taken away. You don't see what happened behind the scenes to cause that. But as you get older, um, you ask, you want to know why were you put in this situation? You, you need to become, I became detective to figure out why was I dealt this hand? Not a lot of orphans can do that. Both of their parents are gone. You know, they're, they're, uh, since I still have my mother, I was able to ask her why. And then she, she, she lets me know, like I had to, she, she didn't, they didn't take us away. She gave us away which sounds worse, but after digging more into it, she couldn't care for us anymore. And uh, our living conditions were horrible. Uh, we, were, we were not eating every day. And so, but as a kid, you don't pay any attention to that. You're just living your life as a kid. You just, um, and so she were, was the one to arrange to have us cared for uh, by the state in, in a better condition than she can provide at the time. And so after I learned all of that, I, I definitely was a lot grateful uh, that she did do that. 
so that way she did give us a, a better life, just different means of doing it. And so um, I, I thank her for that. If she kept us uh, where we were, starvation, uh, we could have gotten hurt. We could have went down a wrong path into drugs uh, in the community we were living in that was extremely heavy. Her doing what she, she did separate us, yes, but it, it brought us together later, but also uh, provided us a good life along the way. Oh, that's wonderful, mate. And I'm so glad that you have that relationship now with your mother and you can look back and reflect on it and go, wow, she actually yeah. did the right thing, Yeah, which is takes a big, again, takes a big person to look at that and not hold a grudge and not be resentful and not yeah. have that inner anger. So, mate, again, testament to you. And, mate, thanks so much for sharing. We're going to have a quick break and we'll come back very shortly. In today's world, telewellness has been thrust into the spotlight. The wellness industry has been growing every year, and an increasing number of both individuals and businesses are looking for wellness solutions and services. In order to compete in today's market and give your customers the care and attention they expect, you need a partner in growth. Best Being is the first software service designed specifically for the wellness industry. Our suite of highly advanced but easy to use online tools and discovery platform make engaging with your customers and providing the wellness services they need a breeze. Supercharge your business today with Best Being. Go to bestbeing.com provider to learn more and get started today. Derek, that's such an awesome story and my hat is off. I'm not wearing a hat, but if I was wearing a hat right now, I'd be taking it off to you. I just think it's probably hard to see from your point of view because it's just your story and it's just how you had to live and survive and to do what you need mm -hmm. to do. So you don't see how yeah. exceptional you are. Like you are truly exceptional because, and I wouldn't know the numbers, but for every one person like yourself that goes through an orphanage and goes through homelessness and creates success in their life, there'd have to be hundreds that don't maybe thousands yeah. that don't. And you probably know the numbers better than I know in terms of what percentage of people in your situation actually end up with addiction, they end up with crime or they end up dead or they end up in jail or whatever. And you're an exception. So I hope you realize that. I do. I definitely do. I I, I know I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones uh, that made it out. Uh, you got to be strong. Growing up in a life like that is not... It's not for the weak. It is. It'll. It'll take you down uh, with you if you let it. So, where did that strength come from? That strength, no idea where it came from, but it's there. I just know I don't like being defeated, and with that alone, the, that competitiveness uh, doesn't only have to be in sports. You know, that competitive could just be in anything. With me, life was winning, and I needed to fight back. And so I did, and now here we are. Here we are. And then in this whole journey, because now a lot of the stuff you're doing is you're you're investing in low-cost property to help people that are struggling financially. You're the foundation that you've got to raise money to give teens and, and a disadvantaged youth supplies and things they need. Mm -hmm. What was the inspiration for wanting to really go down that path? Um, I saw how hard it was navigating and not having nowhere to go. But if you are going through it and you have someone locally that you can tap into, 
for some help to help you get somewhere faster. Um, I wish I had that. Um, I wish I could have called someone while I was struggling to get rent and someone could have took care of it and let me live peacefully until I transitioned. I wouldn't have never had to be homeless. Some, something so small, hmm. you know, could have done that, you know? Um, so that's what I want to provide. I want to just give, be able to help someone and, and to prevent. And um, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And that's, again, oh, I love it, mate. I just love the fact that you've, you're looking at your circumstances, not as it's not fair. Why me? You're looking at it as, okay, so this is what I went through. How can I now help people so they don't have to go through the same thing? Right. And that, again, that's just this, you've got a heart, you know, you're, you've obviously got incredible strength, but you've got this massive heart mm-hmm. to help people. And I think that's awesome, mate. So what are the things you're focusing on at the moment to make that difference? What, what are the, some of the key things you're really focused on right now? The key things I'm focused on right now is, is real estate and helping people uh, right now. And um, I want to give people information, real estate and helping people financially, whether they need help with uh, from through the foundation and or real estate, low income housing or through the podcast uh, with information. Um, these are the these are the ways I want to leave a legacy since I lived a, a life like this, I feel I can be somewhat of an asset to the world and um, helping in such ways and providing information is um, is how I want to do it. And you're doing it beautifully too. So, and I asked you this before we started recording, Derek, out of your life experience to this point, and I'm going to get, I just want to ask you to condense your message into something. And I know you mentioned lots of people ask you this. What's your main message that you've learned that help you survive and thrive that you would want to pass on to the people listening? I have a couple. I, um, I want people to know that it, it's not over. And, I, and when I say it, it, it's not over, if you're going through uh, these tough situations, um, the work you put in early on it pretty much dictates how it's going to end. So if you're putting in a lot of hard work in the beginning, you're going to be fine. The consistency will show you, eventually show you that light at the end of the tunnel. And the, the, the second one, I, I want people to know that you're stronger than you can ever imagine. People are afraid of pain, but um, you have no idea how strong you are until you're put into a, a, a crazy situation. And then you look back like, wow, I got out of that. If I can get out of that, I can pretty much get out of anything. I can pretty much live, I, I can pretty much handle and cope with anything if if I survive that and, and people uh, sometimes doubt themselves and don't think they can get through some things, but you're definitely stronger than uh, you could ever imagine. And you're living proof of that, right? I mean, you yeah. said that right at the start of the conversation mm-hmm. that, yeah. you know, now you've got this level of peace about you because you mm-hmm. know that no matter what life throws at you, what circumstances come your way, you can handle it. You've got that strength, yeah. encouraging commitment. You know, the process and the process, as you said, is know that it's not over. Know that if you do the work, do that work early and you're consistent that the result will be predictable, right? It'll be predictably a good result. That's correct. Yeah. So Derek, if people want to get to you, contact you, uh, how do they do that? You can go to www.derekkirk.com and there you can check out, watch videos, check out the blog and you can catch up on our latest podcast episodes as well, or you can donate to the foundation if you would like to as well. And the podcast is called My Thoughts 
with Derek Kirk, and we're on all of the podcast networks. Wherever you're listening to this, we're there too. Awesome. Derek, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I, I'm so grateful that we've connected and I've had this opportunity to talk to you because I'm absolutely inspired by this conversation and I know that many, many people will also be inspired and empowered and, you know, you mentioned on one of the things you say on your profile, I'm just looking at your website right now, is that the first sentence is, these days I've been investing mostly in the dreams of others, literally and figuratively, I am a hope dealer. Mm-hmm. I love that. And the best part about that is business is always booming. I'm a hope dealer. I love that. You know, even today, mate, you've given a lot of people hope and you've not just given them hope, but you've given them some ideas and you've given them some strategies and things that they can do today to start moving through whatever they're going through and they'll yeah. be in a better place. So, mate, thank you so much for your time and look forward to uh, seeing where it all goes from here. Thank you for having me. I enjoy myself. Pleasure, mate. Thanks. What an incredible man. What an incredible conversation. What an amazing story. And it's pretty hard to comprehend what Derek's been through to be where he is today. But let me tell you, wow, you know, to go through what he had to go through, but to do it with such strength and courage and vision and hope that it would all work out and that he was going to win. He was always going to win. He was never going to give up. He's incredibly inspiring. And I hope you're inspired as I am from his wonderful, wonderful story. Derek's point, his main message is, well, those two messages that I just really want to reinforce. And number one is it's not over. I love that. It's not over. Keep working, keep fighting, keep consistent, and you will win. You will always win in life, no matter what the circumstances. And his second point was you are stronger than you think and stronger than you can ever possibly imagine. So I really want you to take those two messages as you finish listening to this and move forward in your life. If you want more information about Derek, you can go to his website, which is www.derekkirk.com. You can check the notes for this podcast. The link will be there. Check out his podcast, which is My Thoughts with Derek Kirk. Have a look at all the incredible stuff he's doing. But yeah, absolutely amazing stuff. Thanks again to Best Being, my sponsors for this podcast. Fernando and the team there are doing a wonderful job to help improve lives all around the world. I have loved bringing this podcast to you this week, as I always do, and I hope and I know it will add value in your life. If it has, share it. Please share it with as many people as you can. And I look forward to being with you again on the Wellness Puzzle podcast next week.